With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I really had a nice holiday. The wife and I uh, saw both families. Everybody came to us this year, which is a nice thing for them to start doing with the kiddo on the way in February. So we're really nice Christmas. I think our unborn daughter got more gifts than we did, like combined, which makes complete sense. And it's fine. Like We have so much stuff to get ready still. But stayed home for the holidays, getting the nursery ready. It's been a good holiday. It has. That's good. Yeah, mine was good as well. Spent the first part of my break uh, with my fiance and her family going to Christmas parties and, you know, meeting her side of the family. She met some on my side as well. Uh, so it's a good time of year for that. And then I came back up a couple of days before Christmas and spent time with my parents and my little sister. And it's been a good time just to, you know, relax and spend time and enjoy time with family for a little while. And watch some bowl games. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, what's, your, what's the best bowl game you've watched so far? Your favorite one you watched? Okay, best and favorite aren't necessarily the same thing. Right. Uh, because my favorite one was that Cheez-It Bowl. Oh, that was that so 10 <laughs> Oh, but it was so good. It had everything. You had 16 flavors of Cheez-Its, nine interceptions. You had a, a, a penalty call on SID because he rolled onto the field. Like You had all defense, terrible off. It was such a great bad game. I'm so glad that I watched it. Like So, so happy I watched that game. Yeah, I did not watch too much of that game. I flipped away flipped away from it for a little while, and then I turned back to realize, and I checked the play-by-play on ESPN or the drive chart, and I saw interception, 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 interception. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, two bad quarterbacks, two solid defenses. That's, yeah. that's pretty much what it was. Fair. Um, yeah. Well, three bad yeah. quarterbacks because uh, Cal had one guy, their first quarter starter threw three picks, and their back came in and threw another two. Yeah, that was nice. That was fun. Yeah, I'd say my favorite game I watched and the best game I watched was Army just putting an absolute ass whooping on Houston. Just it it was awesome, and I have a soft spot in my heart for Army. My dad was a an Army officer for thirty years. Never went to West Point, but you know, growing up, you rooted for Army and you rooted for the the Black Knights there. So it was. Oh, awesome well, how would you not root for Army anyways? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're so good. They're fun to watch. And I despise Houston. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it was awful. Awesome to watch him put a seventy spot on uh, on Houston in that game. That, that is not an offense that should put seventy on anybody. Yeah, that that was death by a thousand cuts, and then a few giant stab wounds too. My goodness, it was it was awesome for me to watch. And that was the first eleven win season in Army history too. And they're only going to get better now. And I. 
I wonder what, because uh, OU's heading up there. Army Army took him to overtime in Norman, and now OU's heading up to Mikey Stadium uh, in West Point, New York next season. That's going to be gonna... a fun game. Is that next season? Next season. Huh. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be fun. But that's probably the best. And then, I mean, the I watched the Holiday Bowl or the Alamo Bowl last night with uh, Washington State and Iowa State. And that was a decent game, too. So Iowa State couldn't get out of their own way. Yep. And the refs, look, the oh, refs didn't help them. That was bad. It was bad. But they did. They played they made some boneheaded mistakes and penalties that were stupid. Purdy didn't look good. Um, I, it's really frustrating because you watch both those games, and I felt like Iowa State was better than Washington State. I agree. But couldn't get it done. I thought West Virginia was better than Syracuse, and if West Virginia had a Will Greer, they would have won. By three touchdowns. But the defense, but the defense got tired, and the, the run game stopped working, and they couldn't throw the ball well all game, so Syracuse was able to – just wear them down and blow them out in the fourth quarter. But you watch that game for three quarters. West Virginia was better than than Syracuse by two touchdowns. It's just that if they'd had Will Greer, they would have been. It's, right. It's frustrating from the standpoint of people will go into next season with uh, an opinion about the Big 12 because of how the bowls went. And there's a very good chance the Big 12 doesn't win another bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you could lose, probably lose to Bama. Georgia beating Texas, Missouri beating Oklahoma State, and then the Big Twelve finishes two and five in two, and the two wins are in bowl games that don't matter, and everyone's going to have a negative opinion on the Big Twelve, which is something that bothers me because if we're going to have players sitting out of bowl games and they're allowed to, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with Justin Hill sitting out. That's his choice. He needs to make that decision. Um, I'm I'm missed that we're going to not get to watch him, but from the standpoint of I don't have a problem with players sitting out bowl games unless it's a playoff or national championship. You do you, man. Um, but if if that's going to continue to happen and be the growing trend, and we're going to continue to treat the lower level bowls like they don't matter, then you can't hold a conference's bowl record against them at the start of the next season when it comes to rankings because they do. If you look really good, you get high preseason rank. If you look bad, there's low expectations for you, and I don't think that's right, especially with how many teams have players sitting out. Yeah, and I, I agree. and frankly, like how do we do that when you say? I get it to the extent of somebody performs well and has a lot of guys coming back next year and you go, okay, so maybe they're ready to take a step forward. But I'm not, my opinion of Oklahoma state in 2019 is going to have nothing to do with how this bowl game goes. Yeah. And I'm glad we finally get to talk a little bit and preview some football here. It's been about a month since we've done any of that, but you know, Oklahoma state plays in a couple days. So we're recording on Saturday, 29th games on the first two forty five start. Uh, in Memphis, are you still going to the game? No, it's the thirty first, man. It's on thirty oh, first. Oh, I meant Monday. Whoops. Yes, I have my tickets. I'm on the fifty yard line, about forty rows back, um, and I will be there. It's going to be cold. It's supposed to rain all day. Awesome. Not not much the day before, and none the day after. So they save the rain just for the ball game. Naturally, right. Um, and I will I will be there. I will. All right. Awesome. So, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Obviously, this is going to be a probably high scoring affair. Uh, Drew Locke can spin it for Missouri, and then we know Oklahoma State's offense, when they decide to, can be pretty good and a pretty high, uh, high octane offense, and a team that can put up a lot of points as well. So, do you think Oklahoma State has a pretty good shot to win this game? Well, I would hope that the rain would benefit Oklahoma State because it might hurt Missouri's passing game. Um, Drew Locke is good. He's probably going to be a first round pick. I don't know that he's a first-round quarterback. I just think with the quarterback crop coming out, he's a first-round pick. I think there's things he does really, really well. They have a, a decent wide receiving core, 
And, and while Oklahoma State's secondary has shown improvement as the season has gone on, they still make a lot of mistakes. Um, so I'm hoping that the rain, because it's going to thunderstorm all morning and rain all day, I'm hoping that might help Oklahoma State's defense and maybe force Missouri to play more on the ground. Um, I, I like OSU's ground game even without Justice Hill. I think Chuba is pretty good. Um, I think LG Brown will look better in this game than he did against TCU. And I'm kind of excited to see what Jamil Jeter looks like in the run game. I think he's going to get some play. They're going to want to get all three guys out there and and, and show just to give each of them a break. Um, so, man, I, 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 there's things I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the running backs. Um, I want to see what the defense looks like having had this much time off and if they can come prepared to face a quarterback like Drew Locke. And I want to see what Cornelius looks like in his last game at OSU. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I didn't realize I knew there was a chance of rain. I didn't realize it was supposed to rain all day. So that's going to oh, be it going it going rain. Awesome. It's going to rain all day. Well, that that hopefully plays into Oklahoma State's hand a little bit with the you know giving the ball to Chuba and LD Brown. But I still have a feeling that Drew Locke is going to try and throw. They're going to try and put the ball in his hands a lot and let him throw. With Justin Herbert, uh, the quarterback at Oregon, deciding to come back for his senior year, he was going to be probably the number one guy along with Dwayne Haskins. Now Drew Locke has an opportunity to kind of show off a little bit and show NFL scouts what he can do. Now, granted, Oklahoma State secondary defense isn't good, but you can see the talent that he has, and this is an opportunity for him to kind of show off and see and show what he can do and hopefully move up some draft boards, especially and also with a guy like Will Greer not playing in the bowl game. It's an opportunity for him to showcase his talents to some of these NFL scouts. So I'd imagine Barry Odom's going to put the ball in his hands a little bit, um, but I wonder how much that you know maybe he tries to do too much. To, you know, in the ball game here as well. So I want to see what Oklahoma State can do offensively. You know, they've had five weeks to prepare for this. So Mike Gundy has shown the propensity to be a little more aggressive in bowl games. Maybe not as much last year, but the year before, and especially the, you know, the Cactus Bowl kind of comes to mind with that as well. Oh, yeah, the Cactus Bowl was great. Yeah, so, that, so you know, they've seen Oklahoma State has shown to be a little bit more aggressive in bowl games with play calling and personnel decisions. So I'm interested to see where and what Oklahoma State has conjured up here and if we'll see any other quarterbacks, maybe Spencer Sanders. Do you expect to see him at all, maybe at least for a couple plays, like special package and just kind of see what happens? Or is do you think this I will don't. be all corndog? I think it's corndog's last game. I think it's last game for him at Oklahoma State. And Gundy's going to, I think he's just going to let him ball and, and see what happens and let him be out there and try and, try and let him win and, and end his career at Oklahoma State on a high note. Um, that's what I would probably do. I mean, as loyal as Gundy is about this stuff, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the game plan. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's likely what's going to happen is I don't know that we see – I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's the kind of thing Gundy's going to do. Because what happens if you run him out there for two plays and he gets hurt in a ball game that doesn't matter oh, and has to miss time? That would suck. So uh, – I think you see maybe some more wide receivers we're not used to seeing. I think we see some, you know, Jamel Jeter who we haven't seen. But I don't, I don't think we see Sanders. No, I'm interested to see the guy I've I've heard that's done really well in these bowl practices leading up to CJ Moore, four star uh, recruit from last year, and obviously he is rail thin, but the dude can ball. So I'm interested to see if they put him in at all and just you know throw him a jump ball and see what happens. Um, from what I've heard, he's been doing really well in the bowl practices. So I bet we'll see a guy like him as well. 
Yeah. Um, as far as Missouri, if there's one guy I'm going to keep an eye on, just um, there's just sophomore running back called Larry Roundtree the third. Mm-hmm. Um, kids averaging over 100 yards a game the last three games of the season. Uh, he only has one touchdown, but he also tends to get a couple of of catches. Uh, I think he's he's their lead back, and he scares me a little bit. I actually think he's going to do some damage to Oklahoma State Especially on the ground. Yeah. Um, and I think Missouri, look, True Lock's still going to probably put up 300 yards through the air, but Roundtree, I think he's going to be a guy who might terrorize Oklahoma State um, on on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So last kind of last question before we move on here from the bowl game and kind of go into a prediction. Do you really, and it's hard to really take too much stock in some of these bowl games because of guys sitting out, you're kind of, you know, seeing a lot of new faces. How much do you look at this as a must win for Oklahoma State? Because if they lose this game, it's the first losing season in 13 years since 2005. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess that's where I'm going to go with Um, this. Do you look at this as a must win? I don't, it's really hard to look at any bowl game as a must win unless you're in the playoff. Um, or you're aiming for some goal like your first 11 or 10 win season or something like that. OSU must win this if they want to keep their winning, you know, keep their, their streak of winning seasons intact. Um, they must win this if they don't want to end the year with, with two straight losses. But I don't, I don't know that I call this a must win at all because you're going to have you're because Courtney Lace is gone next year because you don't have Justice Hill because you know you've I just don't know because I don't know how much this bowl game really affects my opinion of the 2019 team I think they need to come out and look good I think they need to play well um, and not embarrass themselves I don't want to see a TCU or Kansas State or Baylor performance I want to see a performance like they had against Texas and West Virginia and OU like that's what I want to see and if I see that and they lose then you know what I'm going to feel okay. I am. Um, but if they come out and just play awful and look bad, uh, I, I think I think they just – if there's a must, they need to come out and look good. They must play well. If they lose, they lose. But if they come out and just get blown out of the water and play like they did against TCU, I think that's bad. And I think that's a bad reflection on Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy and the coaching staff more than a loss is if they play well. Yeah, I, I think the main thing I'm going to try and look at with the bowl game is give me some sort of positive to go into next season. And with that, I'm saying, you know, play some of these younger guys and, you know, not significant reps, but maybe maybe we see Spencer Sanders for a series or a red zone play and, you know, throws the ball C.J. Moore. Jamal Jeter, you know, has a good game, you know, in the limited reps he gets. We see some continued improvement from the secondary. Tanner McAllister is going to get some reps at safety now after he moved from corner. And if I can see some, you know, just some spark plays and just like little chunks here and there of some improvement from these younger guys that are going to get even more reps next season, then I'll feel okay going away, win or lose. Obviously, I'd love to see Oklahoma State win this game, and I think there's a chance that they can, but I'd rather see some improvement all across the board, offense, defense, special teams, and, you know, give me some positive momentum going into next season. Yeah, I just don't know how much momentum. This isn't like twenty fifth the the Cactus Bowl right. in twenty fourteen or any any of those bowls. There's there's not a whole lot of I don't see the potential for as much momentum moving forward as there 
could or should be. I just I just don't see that. I, I don't see that be, either, but I at least need something to hold on to to go into next if, year. You know, If there mean? is something for momentum to move forward, it's on the defense. Yes. Specifically in the secondary. If they can look good. I, I've said along, the defense statistically wasn't very good this year. Um, I think Jim Knowles' defensive scheme is more difficult to understand than we thought. But I really like what I've seen from the secondary. They're not great. They haven't been perfect, but they've continued to improve. I'm really excited about what they can look like next year. For one, having had a second year in the in the scheme, and for two, for those all those true freshmen that played, like just being a year older, being a year stronger. I'm very excited. So I'm really hoping to see a good performance from them. If 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 I can come away with this from them doing a good job. Um, limiting Drew Locke's opportunities, I will feel really good. And I really want to see Jordan Brailford go out with like a multi-sack game. Oh, that'd be awesome. Really, really want to see that from him. I want him to have a nice end cap to what has been a fantastic season for him. And a fantastic um, career, too. He's been, oh, he's yeah. been so good for us. And I, I wish him nothing but the best. And I'm glad he's playing in the bowl game, too. So And finally... Man, whether you like him or not, I don't care. I really, I want to see Cornelius have a good game because I want fans' last shot of him to be positive. Absolutely. Like I want, I want the last time you watch Taylor Cornelius to be a good game, win or lose, and just be like, you know what? Because nostalgia is the way it is. I, I'd like you to kind of remember he did it. He had some wins that, man, you know. Uh, that were really impressive this year. And I, I'd like to end his career on a high note. I w- I'm with you there. I'd love to see him go out and just ball and just have a great game. I think it will be great. Um, all right, let's go into a prediction real quick. We're running, we're moving a little slower than we anticipated here. But what, what do you got here? Uniform and score. Oh, I think Baylor's in... Uh, I think Baylor's in... Or, sorry, Baylor. So, I think Missouri's wearing their... Uh, whites. I think they're wearing road uniforms for this one, so OSU will be at home colors. Hmm. Man, I want to see some orange. Um, I would love to see... Oh, I don't know. I'd love to see black, black, orange. That's what I'd like to see. Give me black, black, orange with the brand on the helmet. Alright, yeah. For my uniform, I, I've seen the the helmet that they've shown in like the uh, press conferences and stuff is the black helmet with the orange brand and i'd love to see black orange black i've been waiting for it we still haven't seen it with mm. the new uniforms mm-hmm. yet and i think that would really really look good in a bowl game yeah that would be really good um yeah i give me the brand give me a black helmet give me some orange like I, if, if i keep saying baylor if missouri's on the whites give me give me orange give me the color i want to i want to see the orange no doubt. All right, you got a score here? Oh, I don't like it. Um, I'm going to go 38-21 Missouri. Yeah. I'm- I just I just think it's that kind of – I just don't see it. Even if it's close for a half, I think Missouri's – again, Missouri is 8-4, and four, and it was like two plays away from being a 10-win season. Yeah. I, I think Missouri's pretty good this year. Yeah, I think this. I I think Oklahoma State's going to play well, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think Drew Locke's going to still have a great game despite whatever weather comes through. I'm going to go. 
I'll go 41-31, something like that. I was going to go a little bit higher scoring, but I just don't think it's going to do that if it's going to keep raining all day on there. I, my initial thought was like 52-42 or some crap like that, but I'll, I'll take it down a little bit just to account for that. I'll go 41-31 yeah. Missouri. Okay. All right. All right, so let's move on. Uh, so everyone that doesn't like Mike Yersich, uh, he's up for the Ohio State job, allegedly. So Yeah, uh, that, being considered to become the OC at Ohio State. That's interesting, is it not? <laughs> so he's reportedly being looked at and was interviewed for the offensive coordinator job at Tennessee. Now he's reportedly being considered for the offensive coordinator job at Ohio State, which makes sense. You know, he, he played and coached up in that northeast region, so... Coaching at Ohio makes sense. Um, while they have whiffed on some quarterbacks in recruiting, if you look at where they've recor- recruited their quarterbacks from, uh, Spencer Sanders from Texas, Brennan Costello is from California, Mason Rudolph from South Carolina, he's shown that he can recruit nationally. Um, and guess what, OSU fans? Um, he actually is a good offensive coordinator. I know you like to think that he's not, but he is. I just... Man, his name's getting connected to so many things. And let me throw this out there. Is Houston an option? Because they're apparently going to fire Major Applewhite and go after Dana Holgerson. If they don't get Dana Holgerson, would he be in the running for that? He's been in the running for some head coaching jobs that went to weird candidates. But OC at Tennessee, who will probably pay him $1.2 million. He's making 800000 a year now. Ohio State, who would probably pay him around $1.2 million. I, man, if Mike Yersich stays, I think that says a lot that he wants to be here, um, that he's very picky about what that next job is. But the fact that his name's getting connected to all these jobs, you don't get connected to jobs like that if you're not good good at at yours. If you're not good at your job, you are not going to get even considered for a blue blood program like that. And, yeah, it's just it's an interesting thing. I I know I I know people the minute that someone saw, you know, that report went out, everyone's like, "Okay, bye, see you." You know, you can leave. Be careful what you wish for Oklahoma State fans. Think about the last of what the search to get Mike Yersich. Mike Gundy went on the internet and found a D2 offensive coordinator who's very good and very talented. I feel like we're just going to see the same thing. I just don't see Mike Gundy or Oklahoma State going and getting a splashy hire, big-name guy of any kind, or the next up-and-coming guy, because he wants stability. And now, that while that is understandable, the, some of the best offenses that Oklahoma State has had has been those kind of up-and-coming, splashy hires. And I'd love to see that, because you got a new quarterback coming in next year, you might as well see what happens. But at the end of the day, I just I'm still not convinced that he's leaving Oklahoma State. That Yurcich is leaving Oklahoma State. I I'm curious with as many jobs as his name's getting connected to. Either he's got an agent who's trying to get him a raise at OSU, or there's some legitimacy to this stuff. Mm-hmm. That Tennessee still hasn't named an OC, and OSU hasn't played its bowl game yet. I know it's a little bit of That's paranoia. A- that's interesting. Yeah. Is intriguing to me. Um, I, I will I will keep an eye on what happens after the bowl game mm-hmm. because that's when I think if if he's going to make that's when the move's going to get made. Um, I don't think I'm as confident as you are 
I think I wonder if for your situation, if my goal is to go get a head coaching job that I want instead of the ones that I apparently have been offered, like Tulane, is going and being super successful while I'm at an Ohio State or a Tennessee and doing that for a couple of years where I do a really good job going to finally get me where I want to go? Have I plateaued with what my options are at Oklahoma State? It's a legitimate question. Oh, no, that's, um, that's a fantastic question. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you on the Gundy thing. He's going to hire a guy he thinks he can be here for a while, not a guy who he thinks is going to be here for a couple of years, um, which is all the best guys. Let's be honest. The yeah, best guys are going to go to place because they are aggressive and they want to move up. Um, being the OC at Oklahoma State, should mean I get to go do that for two, three years and then go get a new head coach and we can do a new job. So I don't think this is all just smoke. I think there's some fire somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do I think yours is just back at OSU next year? If I had to put money on it, yes. But I wouldn't put as much as I would have a month ago. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't. I didn't even really think about it too much. That Tennessee, because I, you know, those reports of the Tennessee job hadn't really kind of moved any further along than just the interview that went really well a couple weeks ago. So I didn't even really think that they had hired anybody, if at all. So that's an interesting point. I never really thought about that. So that, well, you just if, wrapped I, up. You and, weren't gonna. He wasn't gonna leave before signing day. I, no, no, and I'm not saying that he would take the job. But I didn't think about him not taking or Tennessee not hiring anyone in Oklahoma State not playing yet. I think that's a great thing to think about. And if there's any sort of traction there, then it's interesting that Ohio State throws their name in. You know, has him in consideration now with maybe things with Tennessee heating up, and now there's some competition there. So, but. Like I said, I still think he's at Oklahoma State. I'm with you. I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna bet near as much that he comes back, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he is the offense coordinator at Oklahoma State next year either. So it's yeah, an interesting thing to look at here in the next few weeks or next even next few days, honestly, because once that bowl game ends, then we may see some news and who knows. Um any final thoughts on the bowl game or this before we move on to a little bit of basketball? No, no, I think we're good. All right. Well, since we last uh, did a podcast here, Oklahoma State won their final two non-conference games against Central Arkansas, and they actually just won about an hour ago against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So they finished non-conference play six and six and head into conference play first game, I believe, is on January 2nd against Iowa State. Uh, What are your thoughts on the final two games that Oklahoma State played in uh, non-conference play? Uh, They won, but I wasn't particularly impressed with either victory. Mm they're six and six. They're five hundred. They're heading into Big Twelve play, and I'm I'm not sure I know what this team is yet. Still, um, I think there's too much youth. I think there's a lot of inconsistency. I think they have talent. I just don't think it's all there. It's not all clicking. I think they've lost a little bit of confidence. Mm-hmm. Not even a I little just, bit, honestly. I think this is a team that's gonna that's gonna finish with 13 wins this season at best, and we're just gonna. That's just what this year is. It's a growing year. Uh, it's an incredibly different, ske- difficult schedule. I think the year ceiling in Big 12 play is six wins conference play, so six and 12. I think it's a 13 win season, and I think we just get ready for 2019 with a top 20 recruiting class and a lot of these guys getting older and, and better. Um, another year in the program. I, I just that's that's kind of how I view this year. Is I'm going to watch it and and pay attention, but I have no ex 
real expectations for what this year is. Um, it's kind of like football season was. It's just kind of a one-off season. But the difference is I'm really curious how the young guys continue to develop um, with the understanding there's talent coming in and that next year should be a good year. And this year just is not. Yeah, and I, I think this is one of those years that, it, like like you said, it's going to be at least fun to watch because we know what the end game is here in about a year or two where this team is going to be really good with the recruiting classes that are going to come in. Um, there's some nice pieces here right now, though. Cam McGriff has played pretty well offensively the last two games. He's at least looked a little bit more confident after really struggling against Houston and against Nebraska. Um, now, granted, the competition's a little bit lower, but just to see him scoring and have that confidence there, he had 17 against Central Arkansas, and he had 15 and 11 today. Um, I was really impressed with Curtis Jones uh, coming off the bench in these last two games, 23 against Central Arkansas, and then he had 12 today. Um, he looks like a major spark off the bench and just that guy that can knock down a shot for you and get to the rim too. Dezago has been streaky, uh, three for 12 from three against uh, Central Arkansas and then four for seven today. Um, Yorane continues to be a revelation for this team. Uh, Maybe not Mm -hmm. offensively, but just from a defensive perspective. I mean, he's got over 30 blocks this season. He has been extremely impressive and it was something that I did not see coming at all. Um, and I, even Maurice Kalug, he, I think he got about 15 or 16 minutes today. So to see him maybe start to develop a little bit more, I don't think he'll get near that many minutes in conference play, but to see Coach Boyden have the confidence to put him in after really not seeing the floor too much and uh, for the you know back half of the conference or the non-conference slate, is uh, it's good. And I'd, I want to see Michael Weathers continue to improve. He's struggled a little bit the last few games, and I, and I think if he can improve, then he can be a major go-to guy for Oklahoma State as well. Yeah, Weathers hasn't been quite what we had hoped out of the gate. Um, they keep saying Kalu's been really good in practice. I'm really hoping at some point it shows up on the floor. I agree. I'm uh, Curtis. I just I want to see I want to see him in Big Twelve play against real competition before I get too excited about him. Um, he has been a spark off the bench, but I just I need to see him against real competition. Not Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Central Arkansas. I understand. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's there, and I'm just I'm interested to see how he does in conference play. But I think at least being that guy off the bench is going to be huge for this team moving forward. Yeah, um, they do have a really good. You know, they open with home game against Iowa State. I think that's a really good chance for a win, um, and one of few. This schedule does not benefit Oklahoma State. We've talked about it before. They have to play a lot of. The first half of the conference schedule, all their home games are on weeknights, which is bad for the crowd, and all the road games are, are on weekends, which is bad for a road game. So the schedule did not do Oklahoma State any favors. They're going to have to find home wins as much as possible. Um, I think that's possible against teams like Texas and West Virginia and Baylor and, and Iowa State here. They're going to have to really... When the opportunities are there for them to get wins and the, the best opportunities are there for them to get them, they're going to have to get them. And I think Wednesday is, is one of their best opportunities right out of the gate. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's going to be a huge test for this team. And then I think they play Texas the following week at home too. So they can get two pretty quick conference wins. Now, do I think they're going to keep coming after that? Probably not. But I think this is a team that, like you said, I think they can beat Baylor. They can beat Texas. They can beat Iowa State and then be able to test with them on the road. And then they'll probably be able to steal two or three more against teams that they probably shouldn't beat. 
but they'll find a way to win those games just like they did last year against the uh, and I think I even think they can pull one out against West Virginia as well. I don't think they're that great either. So that's no. another chance for a win or two. And then they'll probably be able to pull one. I think they find a way to pull one out against maybe not maybe Texas Tech, maybe a Kansas, Kansas State. It just really depends on the day. It's like we saw last year too. They can find ways to win games against really good teams. Yeah, in, in Big Twelve play because you play everybody. Once you get into the back half of that schedule, it's easier to get upsets just because it's a long season. And I think if they pull some off, that's where those are going to are going to happen. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I think seven wins, maybe eight, if they get on a if they get on a hot streak in the back half of the schedule, um, that's about the ceiling for this team. And I think they, mm-hmm. that's probably going to be good for eighth or ninth, probably last. But I don't think that's necessarily indicative of how good or bad this team is. I think the just the way the schedule falls, it's going to be tough for them to get some of the you know get consistent. I think wins eight, on those eight wins games. would be, dude. It, Eight wins would be amazing. Like yeah. I think the ceiling is six. I just yeah. last year's team won eight games in conference. Yeah, I don't see this. This team is not as good as last year. No, they're not. Uh, but, I don't. I don't see eight. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think six, seven is probably about what we're looking at. Any more than that's just kind yeah. of gravy for this team. Yeah, agree. All right. Any final thoughts here? Uh I'll be in Memphis. All right. Um, I hope you have a great time. Be safe because I know you got a, you're driving there and then you're driving right back after the game, right? Yep. Yep. All That's right. the plan. Safe travels. Enjoy the game. Stay dry as much as you can. Thank you, sir. All right. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter? I can follow me at OKTXARPoke. Um, I'll tweet some stuff during the game on the way there in Memphis. Uh, if you want to follow it and just because, um, give me a shout there. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Go Pokes, beat Mizzou, and uh, we will see everyone with the recap of the game and start a little bit of uh, previewing basketball conference play as well. So have a good one, everybody. Have a happy new year as well.